Hello, hello. I am Christian Parraga, and this is Ken Show Growth by Pain, where you can get experiences from guests, hoping they will give you insight moments. Today, I am with Juan Campos. He is from McAllen, Texas. He is big keeper for around 13 years and teacher teacher for over five years. He is the founder and CEO of Seal It With a Smile, a movement towards changing education from the inside out, focusing on teachers instead of students. It has a podcast with the same name, and Juan is, of course, the host. He is the creator of the self-driven classroom, the Queen Bee, and father of three children. Uh, Juan, welcome to Kencho Podcast. Thank you for having me, Christian. Thank you very much. I am really happy to have you here. We've met in Bayer Nation Squad, uh, a Gary Vaynerchuk community where he was my mentor and helped me to structure myself. I'm really, uh, ha- I'm really thrilled to have you here. Oh, no problem. It's, it's awesome that we're actually here re- being on your podcast which is even more amazing <laughs> because um, it's just awesome to see you and your growth and to see where you've come from through the mentorship program um, in Banner Nation. So that's, that's awesome. It's awesome to be here. Thank you. Well, uh, I would like to ask since uh, the name of, of the podcast is about a growth by pain, I will start with the, what is the hardest moment in your life and how it helped you? Um, I think one of the hardest moments that I've ever had in my life uh, was when I started teaching. Um, I came from teaching from um, a chemistry background. Um, I was actually a forensic scientist and uh, I was doing that and I just, it wasn't for me. I needed to leave the profession And so I thought, well, I have my chemistry degree, I can start teaching. But to go from being in a lab, um, working around chemicals all day, you know, maybe talking to like three people to all of a sudden switch to, you know, having 200 something students (laughs) and having a bunch of teachers around and, you know, having to deal with different, you know, personalities and, and needs. And it was, it was just crazy. It was just insane to have gone through all of that. Like it was really, really hard for me to transition. But I think one of the best things that I did um, in that process was just understand that I had to really start to trust myself. I had to really start to trust myself and start to figure out, you know, what it is, who, who I was. Because um, in that process, you know, I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. I had no idea how to interact with the kids. You know, high, high school kids are very scary to a lot of people. And they were definitely scary to me. Um, also, I didn't know um, how big an issue cell phones were. I mean, every single kid, had, I didn't even have a cell phone. Um, or I, I mean, I had a cell phone, but I didn't have a, a smartphone. And all these kids had smartphones. And it was just like, I mean, it was just completely alien to me what to do. But I'll never forget how um, one of the teachers that, that, that I was with, um, and he started at the school the same time I did, he told me, he goes, man, you just need to be yourself. 
he said, because the more you're yourself, the more authentic you are, the more real you are, the more the kids appreciate it. Because if you walk in there and you try to be somebody that's fake, like it's not going to work out for you. And it was completely weird to hear that from him because everybody else was telling me, you know, you got to be tough with these kids. You can't let them walk over you. You got to be mean and, you know, don't smile till December. And it was just like, it was hard for me to do that because that's not who I am. Like I'm I'm not that person. So I really struggled at the beginning. It was really hard for me. Um, and and there was days, man, there was, I just didn't want to do it. It was, you know, I wanted to quit and it, I just didn't want to get up. I didn't want to face them. You know, there was really, there was some kids that were really, really tough. But I remember that second semester, I just kind of turned it around and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be myself. I'm not going to try to be some tough, I don't even know what. And And it completely changed everything. I mean, the more real I was, in fact, I remember, I remember the day that this happened because um, I remember there was a student and she was just like, and she told me, she, she goes, you need to be mean with me. You need to be, you need to be mean with us. And I was like, what do you mean mean with you? He was like, yeah, um, you're not mean like the other teachers are. You don't yell at us and you don't scream at us and you really need to start doing that. And I was like, why? I was like, are you serious? Like, why do you want me to be mean and to start yelling at you? And she's like, well, we're so used to people yelling and screaming at us that I really want you to do that. And it broke my heart. Yeah, it broke my heart. I mean, this is a sophomore. You know, she's been in school for, what, you know, 10, 13 years. And that's what she was used to. She was used to teachers yelling and screaming at her. And I told her, I can't do that because that's not who I am. And I don't want to be like that with you. Like, I, I want to, I want you to be nice and I want to be nice to you and I want us to be nice to each other. And man, that completely changed the classroom. I mean, ever since then, like every classroom that I was with, I mean, it, it just, it was different. They respected me. They trusted me. They talked to me. I mean, it just, it was completely different. And so it really was night to day. I mean, it really was the kind of thing where uh, I was really thinking about quitting and not doing this. And then the next minute I'm like, just being who I am. Um, so my, uh, my students started to respect me more and it was just completely awesome to see that change because once I, once I realized that the more myself, the, the more I was myself, the more, the better the response I got from my kids. Because it, it occurred to me that my students were trying to figure out who they were as well. I mean, they were on a path to figure that themselves out. They were also trying to figure out, well, who I am? Who am I? You know, what am I going to do with my life? What am I trying to figure out? And it was kind of like we were both on the same path you know they're trying to figure out who they were i'm trying to figure out myself as a teacher like who am i supposed to be in this classroom and when i brought that to the table when i brought myself and just being honest and just saying hey look i'm new i don't know what i'm doing i'm trying to figure this out and and honestly just being in the classroom and saying hey um did this work did that work um did you like this lesson did you like that lesson and just again just being myself and just being honest 
it just completely changed the dynamic in the classroom. And I, and I, and I just kept going, you know, I just kept doing that and kept being myself. And, and I just, I just haven't turned back since. Um, I am not, and I've never been since that time, the kind of teacher that is looking for compliance. You know, I'm looking to help people become better than they were yesterday. And to me, that's, that's the heart of what I'm trying to do. You know, anybody that I come in contact with, I want you, if you're willing to engage with me, I want you to leave me better than when I found you. And that's, and that's my goal, you know, 24 seven. Awesome. Yes. I think some, some way be, uh, between the years, uh, the teacher and the student uh, start to change it's and it became like a battlefield because they are like teachers against students or students against teacher and that was not the idea but somehow it happened like that and teachers are really important right teachers are totally important uh, and because they help especially in that age as you mentioned teenagers are starting well they are trying to find themselves they are trying to find a path and uh, a teacher is supposed to help that way and i am really uh grateful because we have the uh, not the same objective but we are like having the same vision because you want to help changing education and i want somehow the same changing changing uh the education but you are doing it already and uh, it's with ceiling it's with a smile can you talk about how you did seal it with a smile but i guess it it starts from being a teacher right Correct. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> for me, Seal with a Smile was something that I, that just, it came to me one day um, because I think, well, part of it, I think is just, is, is I'm, I'm always a tinkerer. Like I like to play around with things. Like I've always, you know, ever since I was a little kid, I like to mess with things. You know, I'm, I was the kid that took radios apart. <laughs> you know, I was the kid that, uh, like to dissect things. Um, I was just, I was always that kid. And that's part of why I wanted to be a chemist because, you know, in chemistry, you're always looking at the process and you're always trying to dissect the process and you're always trying to figure out, you know, how can I make more product or, you know, if something's going wrong, you know, how, why is it going wrong? So for me, I wanted to figure out teaching. Like, what is it that you have to do? Like, why? are some teachers so awesome and some teachers not i remember at the very beginning i was late and it was you know a new job you know new teacher and and i was late and i just i felt horrible <laughs> I, I texted one of my mentor teachers and i told her hey i'm running late she's like, hey no problem i can cover you for 15 minutes when i walk in the kids were like like glued to her they were just fixated on her they didn't turn their eyes off her she just had them and they and they were just like what they just they, they didn't even notice me like when i walked in they were just like glued to her and she was just like blah, blah, blah. And she was blah, blah, blah. and she was going 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 doing her thing and she was like okay that's how you do it oh man you have great kids and then she's like okay i'll see you later bye and i was just like how did you do that but here's what kicked what what killed me 
everything she was doing is what I did. Like I did almost exactly what she did. I taught exactly the way she taught. And I remember my kids telling me, why don't you teach us the way she did? <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? Like, that's exactly what I do. She's like, no, 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 you don't do it like that. She's good. You're no, you don't teach us. <laughs> yeah, that's what they said. They're like, she's good. You don't talk to us and you don't teach us the way she does. And I was like, okay, so, so, so how do you do that, you know? And so I remember I watched her a few times and I watched other mentor teachers of mine and, and I just started to piece all this stuff together. But what, what really created Seal with a Smile was um, an experience that I reflected on, you know, years after this happened, when I was trying to figure this whole thing out. Um, in, in October of 2013, um, we had an Ebola, I don't know if you probably heard about it, an Ebola patient um, that was in Dallas. And so there was an Ebola patient that went from, and I can't remember, I think it was, I can't remember if it was the Congo or where it was, but this patient went from, a, from the Congo or whatever part of Africa he was from, I can't remember which country, and he came to Dallas. And there was a really legitimate scare as to the Ebola, you know, spreading into the United States. And I remember on October 13th, on October 14th, 2013, we got summoned to the auditorium by our superintendent because one of our kids' aunts was on one of the flights that, would, that the Ebola patient was on. And they told us as a complete precaution, we were going to, they were going to disinfect the, um, the, the school, but that the risk was almost none. Well, that didn't mean much to anybody because we were all scared. <laughs> like we were all completely freaking out and we were just like, what are we going to do? And I remember I was, I was freaking out. We just had our third child, you know, he was just a baby and I, I just, it was just, I was just freaking out. Like, I just, I don't even know how to explain it. So I remember when I got home, I didn't even step in the door. Like, I literally, I took off all my clothes <laughs> before I even stepped into the door. Um, I put them in the garage. Like, I was wiping everything down. Um, you know, I had to tell my wife, hey, there's a chance, you know, we might, because she, she was, I'm not, I'm sorry, we didn't have her. She was pregnant at the time um, with, with my youngest, with Mason. And I had to tell her, hey, you know, there's a good chance, or there's not a good chance, but there's a possibility there might be Ebola at the school. And we had this huge talk about that. But what I had to do is I had to figure out, okay, I need to focus on what I can do. And what I can do is research because that's what I'm good at, right? So I researched it. I looked up, I read all the history. I read all the scientific papers. And it's, it's just bloodborne. Like it's not airborne. So the most effective thing to do was hand washing. So I was like, okay, I can do that. Like, that's no problem. So the next day, I think we only had maybe five or six teachers call out. Like everybody showed up, which was, yeah, which was awesome. Like I really, I mean, I don't think I've ever felt like a, like, like a superhero before, but, that, but like that morning when I was walking in with the other teachers, I mean, I really, I felt like a badass. I was like, yeah, man, we're going to do this. You know, we're going to help these kids. Um, I remember that day we had only about i'm gonna guess 75 maybe 80 percent of our population was there like a bunch of kids didn't show up but i remember 
I made this PowerPoint just in case some of the kids had a question. And the second I opened my door, the first kid that came into my room, he said, Mr. Campos, Mr. Campos, we're all going to die, man. We're all going to die. And <laughs> I was just like, okay, I need to take out the PowerPoint. Okay, like we're, we're going to have to talk about this. So all my kids were scared. All, you know, they, none of them wanted to be there. You know, we, there was no way I was going to teach the things that I had to teach that day. Like there was just no way that was going to happen. So we started talking about everything that I read. So I started talking to them about the Ebola. I started talking to them about washing their hands. I started talking to them about how effective hand washing is, all this kind of stuff. And the next thing I know, I look up and I see my door cracked open and I see a hand holding a cell phone and it was like moving back and forth. That's it. That's all I saw. I saw this hand and this cell phone and it was moving back and forth to the door. And I was like, Okay, it's kind of weird. I kept talking, and the next thing I know, I looked up, and then I saw my assistant principals or my vice principals, two of them in there, and they were both had their cell phones out and they were recording me, and they were just moving their cell phones back and forth. And I freaked out because I was like, "Oh no, what am I doing? Like, what's wrong? Like, what 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 are they recording? What did I do? I, like, I felt you know bad." But then I looked around. Cause I was trying to figure out what, are, you know, what are they recording? And every single kid in that classroom was staring at me. Every single kid. In fact, they weren't even looking at the APs. They were looking directly at me. And it freaked me out. Like I, I caught myself like, Whoa, like, why is this happening? You know, cause I didn't, I was just doing my thing. You know, I wasn't thinking about it. And that happened for two days in a row. Like the next two, like that day and the next day, I noticed that I had complete engagement from all my students every single day. And when I was thinking of solving this thing, you know, this teaching thing, when I was thinking about, you know, what is it that I can do? How can I be the best teacher that I can be? It occurred to me that when I started teaching, I felt like I wasn't enough. I felt like I didn't have enough inside of me to, 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 to do what I needed to do. And through my journey of being myself, at that moment, when I was in front of those kids, I was enough. I was enough at that point to be able to bring peace and calm to these other kids who were completely freaking out. And I was telling them that they were enough. I mean, I was telling them, you can fight a pandemic. I was telling them, you can, you know, fight this disease that is killing thousands of people you, you know you have it within you to do something about your life and that was huge for me because it occurred to me that that's what was missing in the classroom we don't do that as teachers we don't tell our kids we don't tell our students that they are enough that they can handle things and that's where Celia with the smile came from because to me smiling is the culmination of so many different things. It's the culmination of your thoughts, your language, and your actions. And when you feel you are enough, you can give of yourself to other people. And that's what's missing in education. We don't send that message enough. And so the podcast, my online school, 
Sila with a Smile, the, the self-driven classroom, the Queen Bee, that's, that's one of the courses within the Sila with a Smile school. That is really what that course is all about. It's about helping teachers realize that they have enough within themselves to, to, to teach, to, to be the best version of themselves they can be. And once they know that and once they do that, then they can really help them, the teacher, um, help the students in the classroom become the best versions of themselves that they can be. So I feel like I figured it out. <laughs> and, and that's really where it came from. Um, so I started the podcast in August of 2017. Um, I figured out, I put together the course and actually beta tested it with uh, nine teachers and they all have seen complete changes in their classrooms. Um, students are more engaged. The grades have gone up. The relationships have been better. Um, the disruptions and the arguments and you know any sort of like bad behavior, it's gone completely down or it's been eliminated completely. Um, I was told by a veteran teacher, she's been in there 14, 15 years, that this is the first year that she's felt you know, rejuvenated again. She's felt like she's really has a, a, like a mission and a calling and she just feels like she just has the life brought back into her. Um, other teachers, you know, first year teachers, second year teachers, they're going in with confidence um, and just knowing that they, they can handle everything in their, in their power and the behaviors have just gone down. They've been connecting more with their kids and, and it's just so important that we send this message. So, that, so that's really where this all started and, and that's what the course is all about. And that's what Sila with a Smile is all about. It's just about helping people, helping teachers, helping anybody uh, unravel their potential. Because to me, knowledge of yourself, knowledge of yourself is the truest education. And, you know, kind of like what you were talking about, where... Um, we're leaving, you know, education. Yeah, you're right. Education used to be us versus them, you know, teachers versus student, you know, and it, and it, and it's sad that it was like that, but we're going into this phase where I feel as though teaching has to be, and it must be, and this is the future of education, uh, an experience. And it's gotta be an experience where the students learn who they are first. They'll learn. I mean, you're going to, you know, I could teach a kid math. I can teach a kid how to read. Like, that's not people, human beings learn. Like, that's what we're made for. You know, like, we're made to learn. That's not the issue. But do you know who you are? You know, do you know what you're capable of? Do you know um, what you like, what you don't like? Do you know what your interests are? Do you know um, what your fears are? Or do you know how to overcome your fears? and face your fears like that that is an education and that's and that's part of what my program the goal of one of my stuff is is, is to help teachers understand that they are enough so they can create these kinds of experiences for their students awesome yes that's what you helped me with you helped me that to find and that's why i could structure and find what I am good or what I could give to the to the world and I found like my mission also so I think that's wonderful so your objective are teachers but did you ever think about uh, doing this course for 
uh, other kind of people like entrepreneurs as we start to? Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. The the course, you know, the mentorship that you and I went through in Bayer Nation, I put you through. Like it was literally seal it with a smile, but tweaked uh, for entrepreneurs just like you. Um, so yeah, I absolutely see um, that course, you know, coming out in the future because I think I really feel strongly, you know, going on this journey, you know, helping people like you, helping teachers, helping students. I really feel strongly that it's almost like every psychological issue can boil down to a lack of love. So much of the, the hurt that people are going through, and it doesn't matter what kind of hurt it is. I mean, even physical pain, I guess you can even qualify this at, on some level. But so many people are suffering because they don't feel love. And it's important as human beings that the first person you learn to love is yourself. And I don't think there's enough people out there in this world that know how to love themselves because they were raised by people that didn't know how to love themselves. You know, when you look at people that are suffering through addictions, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of addiction it is, any kind of addiction, you know, fill in the blank. Um, but that's a lack of love. That's a lack of caring about yourself and valuing yourself and saying, Hey, you know, I, I, I don't need to do this. I can do something else. Um, there's something else I can benefit that can, I can do to benefit me instead of hurting myself. Um, you know, and I see this obviously for me at the high school level, at the high school level, this is, you know, a little bit more clear because I see these kids and they, 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 they're suffering. They're, they're just, they're just missing so much out of life. And, and they don't even know that. And that's the worst part. You know, they don't even know what they're missing. Um, but then guess what? These kids, like, you know, I've been in this, you know, this is my sixth year of teaching. Well, my original high school graduates, they're already in their 20s. So they're starting families. So, you know, this is generational cycles that have to be broken where we can teach. And, you know, this is part of my goal to reach out to people, whether it's, you know, future courses or, you know, like this course right now with teachers where people learn just how to, how to be kind to themselves, how to love themselves. Um, and <clears throat> I think that was part of the journey that, that I put you through because I, I just see the potential in everybody. And, you know, I remember when we first had our conversation, um, I saw, the potential in you, you know, I saw that you were really trying to figure this out. You know, you, 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 you were one of the people that signed up for the mentorship. You know, I was a mentor and I was like, man, if you're willing. Oh, and I remember also that you, you were always responsive to my questions. Like when, like there was like five or six other people that were, that I also been assigned to me um, as a mentor, but you were the only one that was actually writing me back. So I said to myself, this guy really means it. Like he's really trying to figure this out. He's really trying to, you know, get where he's trying to be. And, and when I saw that and I saw your actions, that's why I think you were so responsive to the course and to the program that I put you through because you really, really wanted it. You were ready for it. 
Um, and the proof is in the pudding. I'm on your podcast. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like that's why, that's why for me to be on this podcast, it's, it's, it's twice as awesome. Number one, because I'm on a podcast, but number two, because it's your podcast. Like, like it's, it's just so cool to see you blossom into who you're supposed to be. And this is just the beginning, you know, this is just you starting off. Like you're, you're, you're just taking the first initial steps for you to become who you're supposed to be. So, so, you know, that's what this is all about, man. Like this is, this is, this is like the culmination of, of everything that I've ever wished for my program, but everything I also wish for in the, my students, for anybody that comes across my path. And it's definitely was my wish for you, you know? So, so like I said, this is, I know it's getting a little personal, but I mean, this is just awesome. <laughs> like I just, can't, <laughs> I just can't talk about it because, and that's, I think that's why I'm so excited because it's like, man, like talk about coming full circle, you know, this is just, it's just great. <laughs> it's just great. <laughs> yes. Yes. You really teach me and help me a lot. I'm really thankful. And yes, this is exciting also. <laughs> and well, sorry, I will change a little bit of topic, but how come from beekeeping to teacher, uh, you studied, right? Uh, but you started being a beekeeper. It's been 13 years. I think you're going to 14 years being a beekeeper. But when did you decide to add uh, the teacher thing? When did you decide to, to do that? Well, so I started off, um, I'm sorry, I started off beekeeping in about 2006. Um, I got a job while I was working uh, I like I, I, my diploma, I, it took me about 12, I was on the 13 year plan <laughs> to get my degree. I didn't, I didn't finish college right away. Um, you know, moved around, had, you know, life happened, but 2006, I like kind of dedicated myself to, to graduating and getting my degree. And I started working, um, as a beekeeper for the United States Department of Agriculture, the USDA. Um, there was a honeybee research unit. And this is roughly around the time where um, around the world, people were seeing uh, bees disappearing. And so I just, you know, it was a job and I kind of, I did it, you know, just because I needed to, you know, pay rent and stuff. So it wasn't really like, it was just something I needed to do, but I learned a lot. I mean, I really, really learned a lot. And so in 2010, um, when I, well, I graduated, I got that forensics job and, and, you know, my family and I, we moved to Dallas. So we went from living on the border to moving to, you know, a really big city in Dallas. And it was weird because the forensics job was really exciting. You know, I was a, I was, I analyzed drugs. And so I had to do a lot of, I worked with all sorts, you know, any drug I came across, you named it, I came across it. Um, it was in law enforcement, you know, it's kind of dangerous. Like it was really, really cool. But in all of that, I really miss working with bees. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it was, it was funny because I worked in South Texas around black widow spiders, around rattlesnakes. I worked around Africanized bees that were trying to kill me. Um, in a, like I said, in 120 degree weather, in, uh, in, a, in a really thick bee suit, in the summer, it was awful. But I missed it. <laughs> I, I just, I missed it. Um, but 
funny enough, um, I was looking, I was just kind of like goofing around one day and I found this ad for this guy who owned a honey company looking for someone to teach beekeeping classes. And so I was like, I could do that. And, and plus, you know, I couldn't have bees in my house at the time, but I was like, but this is give me a chance to, you know, do bees, you know, on the side. And so I did that for two and a half years. Um, I was on TV. Um, I got, I got, you know, I got known for my beekeeping classes. I actually did some consulting on the side and that's what actually opened the door for my teaching career. Because when I applied for the teaching job, I had told them that, you know, I had been a beekeeper and I've been uh, teaching beekeeping classes for two and a half years. And, um, it was really funny because my job interview for my teaching uh, class, my teaching job um, lasted 15 minutes um, because I walked in. I remember I walked in at three o'clock. The meeting ended at 3.15. I told them, you know, I gave them the links on the website to where they could uh, look at my reviews because I had reviews on Yelp. And at 3.17, she calls me back and she says, okay, you're hired. Like it was like the fastest job interview ever. So, um, you know, I, that's why I just, like I said, I mean, I, I believe that when you're your best version of yourself, you know, things just open up for you. So, um, but, but again, that beekeeping and those beekeeping experiences and everything I learned about bees, that's in Seal It With The Smile. Um, because um, in my main course, the self-driven uh, classroom, the Queen Bee, I talk about teachers becoming queen bees because queen bees can manage thousands of bees um, with doing certain things. And that's what the course, you know, that's one of the things about the course. So this, the online course is actually a culmination of like all of my life experiences. It's the culmination of my beekeeping experiences. It's a culmination of my life experiences. It's backed by science and there's a lot of scientific research in it. But there's also, you know, this teaching component and it's just a mix of all these different things. So um, I still, you know, whenever, whenever I get the chance, I still, you know, work with bees and, and I'm part of our local beekeeping group and, and that kind of thing. So I'm still involved in beekeeping, you know. In fact, um, at my local beekeeping uh, group, we act, I actually gave two talks uh, last summer and I'm scheduled to do another talk in March. So it's it's just like I said. It's just me. It's <laughs> it's who I am, and it's what I'm about. And I just it's always going to be a part of me. Oh, that's interesting. Everything and the path you took to to create a main course, as I say, it's really interesting because you mix everything, and it sounds really interesting. Really, if I will, I know this can be hard, but uh, if I let you choose one thing, could be a habit, a tool, uh, what could be the thing that you did for your success? Um, <clears throat> I think the thing that has helped me the most is, is just to be myself. It's, it's you know, I, I've struggled pretty much my whole life um, to be understood because there's parts of me that I feel want to come out. And then there's parts of me that 
you know, you can always say, well, you're afraid to show. And I think everybody has some of this. Everybody's afraid to like, I don't want to say expose themselves, but everybody's afraid to like reveal who they really are. You know, everybody's like, oh, you know, people can't know this about me or people can't know that about me because we're, we're so afraid of being accepted or being rejected. And, and we're so afraid of what other people think. And when I, you know, looking back on that day and looking back on everything that's been happening in my life, when I really started to learn to love myself, when I really started to learn that I am enough and that, and that I do have within me to accomplish whatever it is that I want. And I became just more me that just opened up so many doors for me. And, and it's really allowed me to just blossom into, you know, everything that I've been doing from the podcast to the online course, to helping teachers, you know, to the mentorships that, you know, that I've been able to provide you and, you know, and other people. It's, it's, it's when I've just started to just be me. And, and not only that, but also I think there's another component to that. And that's, and that's just gratitude. You know, when you, when you feel a sense of gratitude, because you know, my life could have gone in all sorts of different directions and it hasn't been easy. You know, there's been struggles and, and there's been all sorts of things, but to know that I can impact somebody else's life and to have the opportunity to help other people. I mean, that, that's really, really important to me because, you know, we're here. I really feel like we're here on this planet to connect with people and to bring the best out of each other. And, you know, even through our mentorship, you know, I know I was your mentor, but you helped me become a better mentor, you know, because you, you helped me understand, you know, what you needed and how I could be more effective for you. And, and so by me trying to figure out what you needed and me helping you be better, I became better. And I think there's a lot of times where it's so important that we do that, that we be ourselves, that we, we be comfortable in our own skin and help other people. And, and that, I mean, that's, I think that's, man, that's, that's, that's like the, the starting point for, for so much. Yes, it is. It's everything's like a cycle as you were talking because it's, uh, you were helping me, but at the end, I helped you. But helping me, it's like uh, a way to help others. Then they will do the same. That's a circle. And it's, I think life, it's like that. Everything goes in a circle. And I, I think it's more deeper because nowadays uh just just people live uh, just they are like i call it like a zombie life or just a a, a or i also say they are the modern slaves because they are just focusing in something uh, that is the routine they go to work back home and they that's all but life is more as you said life is deeper Life is about giving. Life is about 
doing something for other people. So it's it, it's really amazing what you're doing because it, it helping it, especially in the teacher to teachers and they will help to teenagers and other persons to find themselves. They will start to make more and more and that's awesome. Good. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. But but you're I think you're right. I think we um and it's interesting that you bring up zombies because I really feel strongly that the more technology influences our lives, because I mean, it's, it's a trend, right? I mean, things, I mean, there's no way that we're not going to be as connected as we are, but, but you're right. People are more and more like, like, look at this podcast that we're on, you know, you're in another country, I'm in another country, but we somehow connected with each other. And to me, that's just awesome. Like, like, why are more people, you know, doing this kind of thing? You know, why are more people reaching out and connecting? But the thing is, so many people are scared. And like that, like you said, like that zombie-like mentality. But I really feel that as technology continues to influence our lives, our humanity is what's going to save us. You know, the, the more human we are, the more we focus on kindness and generosity and, and being as human as we can, that's going to be the equalizer to all this technology and to, like you said, all the zombieism that, that you see happening, you know, just all over, you know, I mean, I, you, you, I mean, you can't even go to a restaurant without seeing everybody on their phones. Like everybody's just glued to their phones you know, everybody's glued to, you know, technology or social media or whatever. And, but, but that really is the antidote. The antidote to, to all of that is our humanity, you know, connectedness and, and, and sharing with each other and, and bonding with each other and, and talking to people and talking to strangers and, you know, just, just being yourself and not being afraid to reach out to someone and say, hey, how you doing? You know, what's going on? Like, like that is so, so important, especially now and especially moving forward in the future. Totally agree. Yes. And going now to the almost at the end of this episode, and I reserve these last three questions. The first one is, what is the best advice you received? Best advice I ever received definitely was be yourself. You know, when, 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 that, when that physics teacher told me, you know, at the very beginning to be yourself, I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> like it, like it was, it was the kind of thing where I was like, well, you know, what do you mean be myself? But I remember he told me, he's like, look, man, if you're a nice guy, you're a nice guy. Like you, you there's, you know, don't try to pretend to be some tough guy that you're not. And it was hard for me to accept that because I feel as though when I was a nice guy in the past, it, it, I always got, kind of like the short end of the stick. But now that I look at it and that I feel like I've been, I've been myself and I continue to be myself and I continue to work on being, you know, the best version of myself that I can be. It's not that I got the short end of the stick. It's that I was learning things and it was part of my journey and it was part of my process. And I think for a lot of people, they get discouraged. They get discouraged because they're like, Oh, you know, Nobody likes me. And, you know, if I try to be who I am, you know, people will reject me. It's like, no, dude, it's just, those are growing pains. 
you know, those, those are just growing pains. Those are just, you know, pains that everybody goes through when they're trying to, you know, uncover who they are. Like, don't stop. Like, don't stop being who you are just because, you know, you were, you were not accepted by this group of people. Guess what? That's not your people. You know, that's that's just it. They're nice people. Be nice to people. Be kind to people. But that's not your tribe. You know, your tribe is waiting for you. So keep working on it and keep being better and keep having gratitude and and uh, keep being you. Yes, it's a great advice, but sometimes hard. I remember uh, when I was a kid, uh, it was hard for me just being myself because I was afraid, as you were mentioned mentioning that. I was afraid to be, not to be accepted. I was afraid like being like aside or just, mm, I don't know. It was just a fear that I have when I was a kid. I, and I think, well, uh, even grown people have that fear. So oh, yeah. yeah, sometimes it's it's kind of hard. How How would you start doing it if there is like a fear like a tip for for that is that is it possible because you can teach that also right yeah i know i think <clears throat> and it, and it's kind of like what i think it's part of what you went through in the program that i you know that i put you through um I think it starts with just understanding who you are. You know, I think, I think part of it is understanding who you are as a person, like who, who are you? You know, who, who, who are you? Um, I don't think we ask that enough. And, and, I, and I really feel that sometimes we're just so busy. You know, people are just so busy, you know, getting the kids to school and trying to pay the rent and, and trying to, you know, is there money for groceries? And, you know, you're just so caught up in trying to survive and trying to live and trying to, you know, squeeze some money at the end of the month to, you know, to take your kids out and do something nice for them. Like we're so caught up in all that kind of stuff that we just don't have time to just be with our own thoughts. And, and then if we do have time to do that, you don't like the thoughts. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you don't like what you're telling yourself. So I think, I mean, if, if I was to tell someone how to, you know, how you can start being more yourself, I think it's three things. I think it's number one, you got to find time to be with yourself. Um, and that could be five minutes, you know, in the bathroom, close the door and just, you know, just kind of be with yourself. It could be, you know, a 10 minute shower where you're just, you know, by yourself thinking, you know, it could be. I mean, honestly, you know, park farther away from the store and just walk to the store, you know, take a walk, just, just find a moment where you just, you can be with yourself and with your own thoughts. And then secondly, learn to like yourself, like look at yourself in the mirror and say, Hey, you know, I like this about you. Um, you were really great when you did this. Uh, you were awesome when you said this, because I think a lot of our self-talk is, 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 is uh, self-defeating. You know, we beat ourselves up 
because it's not, hey, you did awesome. It's, oh, you stupid. Why did you say this? Or, you know, and then we regret it, right? We regret the things that we say or we regret the things that we don't say. And we regret the things that we, that we didn't do. And so you have all this regret. But here's the thing. If you constantly think about your past and you think about the things that you didn't do or you didn't say, then you're not present. If you think about the future and you think about all the things that you're going to do or all the things that you wish you could do, you're not present. So if you're not in the past and you're not in the future and you're not in the present, well, then you're nowhere. So you, you got to be present. You got to be here. You have to really take the time to say, I'm, I'm here. This is who I am. You have to accept who you are. You have to accept your circumstances and you have to be okay with them. You have to be okay. You, you know, if you only have $2 in your bank account, you have to be okay with that. You know, if, if you, if your if your marriage is not the best, you have to be okay with that. You have to at least accept that because that's the place where you can start working on things. And then I think the third thing after acceptance is gratitude because no matter where you are in life, someone wishes they could be in your position. You know, there, you know, 50% of the planet is still used, is still burning wood to cook. Like I know for a lot of people, it's very hard to wrap their minds around how, you know, well, you know, I have it so bad, but actually you don't, you really, really, really don't. There's a lot of people and there's a lot of suffering in the world. And there are people that are facing some really, really, really horrible situations and situations that are beyond their control, situations that they had absolutely nothing to do with, you know, illnesses, accidents, you know, whatever. So if you can learn to love yourself, if you can accept who you are at this moment and you can accept every single moment for what it is and not try to think about the past or, or worry about the future, but like really just be in the moment and to be in the moment with a sense of gratitude. I think that's an awesome place to start doing some amazing work on yourself. And great tips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And well, now going to the other side, uh, what is the worst advice you received? Oh man. <laughs> Uh, probably <laughs> the worst advice, um, I've ever gotten was, um, don't take a job that, that, uh, that, uh, that, that you have to travel in, like to avoid travel in your, in your work. Like, don't, no, <laughs> don't, don't, if, if you can travel for work, travel for work. I mean, I'm not saying to be away from your family. I'm, I'm not saying that at all. You know, I don't wish that on anybody. But I, I'm, you know, part of my movement for Seal with a Smile is to help teachers, is to, I mean, I really, that's truly my motivation to help other people. That, that's really one of those things. But deep, deep, deep down inside, I want to see if I can do this. You know, like I want, I want to do this for me. You know, I want to see if, if I can pull this off, like I'm, like I'm trying to best myself in every situation. And I think if you look at most entrepreneurs, 
if you look at most success stories, you know, people that we admire, whether it's an athlete, you know, whoever you, you admire in your space, they're trying to outdo themselves at every step. Um, you know, I've, I'm not a millionaire by any, by any means, but I've, but if you talk to millionaires, they say, oh, well, the first million is easy and there's no difference between the first million and 50. Like, that's insane to me, right? Because I, I don't, like, I don't understand what that is. Like, I don't understand, like, does that, does that even make sense? Like, I, I don't, I don't understand that rationale. But what I do understand is the idea that, you know, once you accomplish something, there's something else that you want to accomplish. And there's a lot of people that are hungry for that. And so when you're on that path, I think trying to do the best you can and trying to outdo yourself is so rewarding because there's things that you, you know, there's things that I thought I could never do that I'm doing right now. You know, even today, you know, I'm, I'm trying to repaint my bathroom and I didn't think I could remove the toilet. But I went on YouTube and I Googled some, you know, and I YouTube some stuff and I was like, hey, I could do it. And sure enough, I did it. So, so like every challenge presents itself something new. But see, those moments refill me because they're moments where I could say, look, I did something that I didn't think I could do. And now I'm that much better. So when I say, you know, you need to travel, I don't mean, you know, I don't mean you need to be away from your family. What I mean is find work that refills you, you know, find work that, that, that gives you that kind of experience that gives you the kind of satisfaction that challenges you, that pushes you, that motivates you because that's how you become better. Yes, totally true. And it's something what we need to, because, uh, if we are, in the same situation, same thing, and we are not moving, we're not growing. And, That's it. And we are made for growing. As you say, we are made for learning. 100%. And it's, it's really, in, well, we should do that and start moving or start traveling. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever fills your cup, absolutely, 100%. And as, since we talk about your past and your present, Let's talk about your future. How do you see yourself in five years? Uh, well, definitely in five years, I really feel that we're going to be, Silver with a Smile was going to grow. Um, you know, I think that we're going to have um, more courses offered. You know, the program that I put you through, I'm definitely looking forward to putting that online to help other entrepreneurs, um, anybody really, just who, whoever needs to find their voice and figure out who they are. Um, to me, you know, like I said, knowledge of self is a true education. And that's really like the, the, the flagstone, the main quote that, you know, my brand is under. So more products, more courses. Um, I see myself doing speaking engagements, you know, traveling, um, you know, maybe flying down to see you hopefully in the next five years and, you know, us working together in the future. Um, definitely doing more for other people, reaching out more, um, being more myself, uh, giving my kids um, more opportunities and more experiences for them to learn and for them to grow. Um, just, you know, keeping this ball moving forward, man. I mean, I, I, there's, you know, there's things that you plan and then there's things that actually happen. 
And I think that the more momentum you are, the more momentum you have, the more energy you put into the things that you want to see, it's like a seed, you know, it's going to grow. So when you put energy into the things that you want and the projects you want, you're just, you're just watering that seed and giving it the right environment for things to grow. So I'm, I'm just really excited about, you know, the next five years and seeing where everything's going to be. I'm, it's, it's, I'm, it's super exciting. Awesome. Yes, I see. Awesome five years. And if we work together, that'll be better because you'll be coming here for the South, uh, traveling around Bolivia. It'll be nice. You'll like it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm excited, man. Yeah, let's, let's do this. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Now, we got to the end. And if there is people who would like to uh, follow you or reach you, what is the best way? Uh, the best way to reach me, um, you can find me on Instagram at Seal with the Smile. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Seal with Smiles. Um, you, on Facebook at Seal with the Smile. Um, you can also find me on my website, sealwiththesmile.org. Um, if you want my free ebook, I have a free ebook for teachers, which is my top five secrets. That ebook is available on sealwiththesmileschool.org. And um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, at those two websites. Oh, and the podcast, my podcast, Seal with the Smile. Um, you can download that on, on, on iTunes, on Stitcher. Um, I'm on Spotify, Google Play, like literally anywhere that you find podcasts, um, I'm there. So you can find me on any of those and you can reach out to me at any time. That is great. I will put the links below. Well, not below, in the in the episode description so okay. everybody can reach you this is way possible before we finish do you want to say something else um just listen to christian <laughs> listen to him i think he's awesome um like i said to me um this podcast you know being on this on this show is really really important it's it's very meaningful because um I became part of your journey and you became part of my journey. And, you know, when we talk about cycles and we talk about, you know, things coming full circle, like, man, this is, there's nothing better than this. I mean, this is the epitome of what I want for people that hear my voice is to become the best versions of themselves and to be on your podcast <laughs> and to, and to have been a part of your journey and to have, helped you in whatever way possible i'm just super thrilled by that so you know listen to christian he knows what he's talking about because he's lived it he's grown through it he's become it and you know you're going to be a force to be reckoned with and you're going to be something amazing and i'm and i'm, and I'm absolutely looking forward to to your growth and just to see how you're going to be and how you're going to express the best version of yourself Thank you so much. <laughs> 100%. And well, thank you everybody for listening and see you the next time. Um, hear you the next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>